The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us be attentive. Brethren, when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, taking not the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. And with your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus, taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and scourge him and kill him, and after three days he will rise. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized but to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant of James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are supposed to rule over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must first be your servant, 
and whoever would be called first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man also came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Those of us who live between the two ages, that is to say, the first coming of our Lord incarnate, and his second coming in glory, those of us who live between these two ages live in a certain state of tension. And one way to examine this tension is to see the tension between the cross on one hand and the resurrection on the other. Now, if we lean toward one or the other too much, we are, do not have our Christian life in balance. And to remedy that and to keep us in balance, we have to keep in mind, I think, two very important figures from the Old Testamental faith of Israel who foreshadow our Lord. Let's begin with the cross. Too much emphasis on the cross, as the disciples discovered when the Lord made his third prediction of his suffering, too much emphasis on the cross will fill us with fear and anxiety, dread, maybe even hopelessness. So too much emphasis on this needs to be corrected. And the Lord did correct that. After describing his passion in very gruesome detail, how does he end it? And on the third day, rise. Now, that might not be the focus of the disciples during the Passion Week, nonetheless, it needs to be emphasized to keep the Passion Week in perspective. And when the Lord said that, 
It's a reminder that he is the predicted son of man foretold in the apocalyptic prophecies of Daniel, when the Son of Man will come in his glory, sent by the Ancient of Days, God the Heavenly Father himself. So we see what happened to the disciples when they emphasized too much the passion. They became cowardly became afraid. They failed to live up to their grandiose promises to the Lord to stay by him. And they forgot that the prediction ended that on the third day he would rise and, of course, would descend again to the Son of Man. Remember what we say when we offer up the gifts at the Divine Liturgy. We say, on behalf of he who was given, or rather, who gave himself. Priest corrects it right in the middle of the prayer. He says, he doesn't say, he says at first that he was betrayed and given up. But then he corrects it, and he says, no, he gave himself up. God is never out of control of this situation, and we need to bear that in mind when we go through our own cross and our own suffering so that we are not feel filled with fear or dread or anxiety. Now, that's when we emphasize too much that aspect of the Christian truth. But then sometimes we might be tempted to emphasize the other aspect of the Christian truth. That is to say, the mistake that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, made when they went to the Lord and asked him to write out a promissory note to fulfill their wish that they could share in his glory. Now, there's a lot of glory gospel in our society. It goes by many names. Sometimes it's called name it and claim it. Sometimes it's called the health and wealth gospel. That which the rock singer Janis Joplin parodied when she said, Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? That's too much emphasis on the glory. And the Lord said, Wait a second. Wait a second. Don't get ahead of yourself. John Chrysostom, in his homily on the Gospel of Matthew, put it best. I will, you speak of honors, but I am speaking of wrestlings and toil. For this is not a time of rewards, but of blood, of battles, and of dangers. The 
disciples might have been considering or thinking about that prophecy also from the book of Daniel when he says, I will bring forth in shining light those who have loved my holy name and I will seat each on the throne of his honor. But the Lord is saying, that's not the time to think about that. Don't be in such a hurry. I'm speaking about something else. Before my enthronement at the right hand of God, remember, I must be enthroned on the cross between two thieves. And here, I think, we need to consider another figure from the Old Testament, from the prophecy of Isaiah about this mysterious and powerful figure known as the suffering servant of God. So to keep these two truths in balance, the cross and the resurrection, we need to keep in balance the Son of Man and His glory and the suffering servant and His humiliation and His giving to mankind. And keeping with the spirit of repentance of another figure so prominent in Lent, Mary of Egypt, whose memory we keep in the church this day, with her spirit of repentance, we could do far worse than consider as we enter Lent these words from the prophet Isaiah about the Lord as the suffering servant. We proclaimed his presence as a child as a root in a thirsty land. He had no form or glory, and we saw him, and he had no form of beauty. But in comparison to all men, his form was lacking in honor. He was a man in suffering and knew how to bear sickness. His face was turned away, and he was dishonored and not esteemed. He bears our sins and suffers for us, yet we considered him to be in pain, suffering, and ill-treatment. He was wounded because of our lawlessness and became sick because of our sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his bruise we are healed. The Son of Man and the ultimate control of the world and its destiny by God is a source of comfort to us in our time of suffering. But so too is it a comfort to know that the Lord in his incarnate nature shared our sufferings, understood our diseases, cared about our worries and concerns. That's just as comforting as the message of glory. So we must always keep these ideas in our, tension, in our minds in tension. The suffering that leads to the glory 
And in the words of our hymn, it is through the cross that joy came into the world. May the crucified one who rose in resurrected glory, Christ our true God, be with us always, now and ever, to the ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Please rise. All God, you have visited our lowliness and mercy and compassion and have set us, your lowly, sinful, and unworthy servants, to serve at your holy altar before your holy glory. Strengthen us for this service with the power of your Holy Spirit and grant speech to our lips that we may invoke the grace of your Holy Spirit upon the gifts that are about to be offered. And grant that always, guarded by your power, we may give glory to you. To the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and to the ages of ages.